You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. We are going to start a new series this morning entitled Making Money Work. And if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Lance and I'm one of the teaching pastors here. And what we're going to do throughout the month of October is we're going to look at biblical principles that can help us walk in financial freedom because that's God's heart for us. We talk about it a lot in church that God's heart for us is for freedom, but many times we kind of think of that related to freedom from our past or freedom from our sin or freedom in our relationships. And obviously that's very true, but God also desires that we would have freedom in our finances. And, you know, so we're going to really walk through that. And you've probably heard this statement before. There's two things we don't talk about. What are they? politics. We're an utter failure there right now, by the way. I think we don't follow that rule anymore, but politics and religion, right? Well, when you bring that phrase into the church, uh, there's another subject that gets added to it. Anyone know what that subject is? Money, right? Like, uh, you know, we can talk about every subject under the church, but we don't want to talk about money. It's kind of taboo. And I pastored for over 20 years, and every time I got ready to do a a series on money, everyone kind of got twitchy. And they got squirmy, and they got nervous, and they got like, what's going to happen this morning? And they're like, oh, it's a private issue. It's, it's not really a spiritual issue. And what we're going to do this morning is kind of walk through maybe the negative side, and I hope it doesn't come across that way. I really don't think it will. But then Nick's going to come back around over the next three weeks and really help us move into some of those great principles. But we may not like to talk about it, but Jesus did. I don't know if you realize that. Jesus really talked a lot about money. He's actually one of the most popular subjects in the Bible. Two-thirds of his parables, when he was out and about and amongst the people and he was speaking in story form, two-thirds of those were about money and possessions. As a matter of fact, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one in every ten verses in the four Gospels, has something to do with financial means or money or ownership. There's actually 2,300 verses in the Bible on the subject of money, which is five times as many, believe it or not, as prayer or faith. Jesus talked a lot, and the Bible talked a lot about money. But we don't like to. Why? As you notice, if you've heard me now a few times, I like that question a lot. Why? Why are we so resistant to talk about money, especially maybe in a church setting? And I think there's a lot of potential reasons for that, but I think one of them, just kind of putting a a, a big overarch on it as we begin, is money's overwhelming, isn't it? Like our whole life kind of revolves around money. We got to get up in the morning, and we got to work, and we got to like our job, and then we budget, and we buy, and we spend, and we save, we hope we save, and we invest, and we hope those investments are good, and then there's the giving side of it, and we we don't like thinking about it, and we don't like talking about it, because I think it's stressful. 
Money for a lot of people is very stressful. And Nick and Heidi, just so you know, I had Mike Google right before the service. Do you know how much it costs to raise a kid today from (laughs) zero to 18? You ready? $233,000. So you just made a quarter of a million dollar investment. But we don't like to talk about money because it's overwhelming and it's stressful. And one of the big reasons why talking about money is stressful is because we're strapped. Ever heard the phrase before, I'm cash strapped or I'm strapped for cash? And this is a big reason for our our financial stress. Listen, strapped equals stress. Strapped, especially when it comes to money, equals stress. And, and one of the things I think that really lends to this is, what does strapped mean? When we talk about our finances, what does it mean to be strapped? And one of the things that I think is a key indicator of strapped uh, is living paycheck to paycheck. What is living paycheck to paycheck? Well, defined, literally defined at this point in time, someone who lives paycheck to paycheck is someone if they lost their job or they didn't get paid for that given week in the next month, uh, they couldn't pay their house payment, their rent payment, or their car payment because they're strapped. Do you realize that career builder, and you could go and Google these things, said that last year in 2019, 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 78%. And it's not just people with what we would maybe think is a modest income. All Americans are struggling with this. According to Nielsen, 33% of families making between fifty dollars and $100,000 a year live paycheck to paycheck. 25% of households making over $150,000 are living paycheck to paycheck. What does that say to us? That it's not really just how much money you make that solves this problem, right? That you can make a significant amount of money and still, in some ways, be strapped. What are the factors for this? Well, inflation, probably. Stagnant wages. I mean, throwing a little pandemic and that kind of like messes with things, right? The statistics I just gave you for 2019, imagine what they are in 2020. And the problem with strapped is strapped equals stressed. And I think the biggest reason we're strapped beyond living paycheck to paycheck is we have a lot of debt. Debt is a big reason why people are living paycheck to paycheck. There's more than 189 million Americans with a credit card today. And for families or individuals that have a credit card, they have at least four. And the average credit card debt for each household in America today is 8000 just under $8,400. And the average interest rate as of right now on a credit card in the United States of America? Listen, the banks aren't dumb. How many got a savings account at the bank? 
what's the interest you get on your savings account? Exactly. I was going to give you a really minuscule percentage, but nothing sounds better, right? But guess how much the average credit card interest rate is? 14.52%. You're earning less than a percentage point, but when you're borrowing, you're paying almost 15%. Listen, that's a lot of lattes and earrings and dinners and power tools and vacations and emergencies. Most people can't even remember what was purchased with all of those swipes. And that's just the unsecured debt. That's just the debt that really doesn't have a whole lot to show for it. What about medical bills and the rising cost of health care? What about student loan debt where the average person who has it today is $40,000 in student loan debt? And those just coming out are a lot more, right? Uh, what about the average car payment? You know, the average car payment today is $460 a month over 65 months. I don't know if you ever really thought about it, though. A car loses 11% of its value instantly, 12 to 17% a year for the first five years, and only has 37% of the purchase price value left at the end of those years. Yet we're sinking all kinds of money. The average mortgage debt, $149,925. The average household debt in the U.S. is now 136% of household income. You know what that means? For every dollar a family earns, they're spending $1.36. For every dollar earned, $1.36. Household debt rose to $14.3 trillion dollars. Through the first three months of 2020, that's 1.6 trillion higher than the record that was set during the financial crisis. And I know what you're all thinking right now. I need to go out and buy something, right? Because uh, the thought of all of these stats is stressing you out, and strap means stress. And how do we deal with stress? Retail therapy, baby, right? That's how we deal with stress and being strapped. We buy more. Bankruptcies are at record levels. Bankruptcies today in the United States are at four times the level equivalent to the Great Depression. And the number one source of new law firms in the United States of America has to do with bankruptcies. And if this wasn't bad enough, just the individual financial picture, I mean, if that alone isn't enough to depress you, right? Anybody ever gone on to the website www.usdebtclock.org? That'll really depress you. You want to know why? Because as of this morning, the U.S. debt just passed $27 trillion, so don't just think about your own debt. Guess what? You have a national debt that is attributed to you in some way. And for each individual family that pays taxes, it's $215,000. For every U.S. citizen, it's another $80,000. We're strapped. 
And it doesn't necessarily have to do with the amount of money that we make. Sometimes it has to do with the amount of debt that we have. Our national debt this year is set to exceed the entire U.S. economy for the first time since World War II. Think about that. We are strapped. And strapped equals stressed. And that's why we don't really like to talk about this or think about it. That's why we ignore our phone or push it to the side or stop answering it. It's why we try to just make believe that this isn't really happening. So how did we get so strapped? And again, I think that there's a lot of reasons, but there's three main ones I just want to spend a couple minutes on this morning. They're all tied to biblical principles. And what my prayer is is that we can kind of drill down on these We'll kind of do some surgery this morning and kind of open up some wounds, if you will, so that over the next rest of the month, we can kind of fill them in. Because listen, God's truth, the Bible is freeing. And it's not just freeing in the sense of, God, you have forgiven me, or God, you have done this. Listen, God can set our finances right. There are principles in Scripture that can make all the difference in how our household is running and being managed. So let's look at those three reasons. The first one, why we're so strapped. I think if we were really honest, sometimes we're just lazy when it comes to our money. We're just lazy. And that can take on two forms, actually. Sometimes we're lazy with how we make it. But I think usually it's we're lazy with how we manage it, right? Like, I don't think most of us are probably lazy in how we make it, but we're more lazy in how we manage it. But listen, laziness leads to strap. The first step to financial freedom and making our money work is to be a hard worker, to be diligent in finding a job, to be dedicated in fulfilling that job. Proverbs chapter six says, go to the ant, you slugger. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no ruler, no overseer. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little holding of the fans, hands to rest, and what? Poverty will come on you like a bandit, and scarcity like an armed man. Proverbs 10, 10, lazy hands make a man poor. But diligent hands bring wealth. I think one of the reasons we're strapped is sometimes we're lazy when it comes to our money, how we make it. I think some important questions we all have to ask ourselves is, do we always give our best at work? Are we always being as diligent as we can be? Because if we're not, guess what happens? Sometimes we miss opportunities that God wants to use to promote us, right? To lift us up, to bring progress. And maybe you're frustrated with your finances this morning and you've bounced from job to job or you've remained at the same level. And I think the important question that you have to ask is, are you a good employee? Do you show up? (laughs) Do you show up on time? Are you thorough? Are you consistent? Can you be counted on? So I think we have to talk about 
with this whole strap thing? Am I lazy in the way that I make my money? But also, am I lazy in how I manage it? Maybe for you, activity is not the issue. You're doing everything you can as an employee, but accounting is. And maybe you're like me at some point in times in my life, I'd be like, I feel like I'm making enough, but I never seem to have enough, right? Have you ever thought that or said that? I mean, I'm working hard. I know what I'm making. I feel like I'm making enough, but I never feel like I have enough. I know I've felt that and gone through that at times in my life. And you've said, I just don't know where all the money's going to. Well, Proverbs 27 says, be sure to know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. For riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. What's going on in this verse? Because it's talking about flocks. What was the Old Testament money system? Was it dollars, debit cards, coins? Was that it? No, it was livestock. What's Solomon saying? You need to know the condition of your financial situation. He said, make sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to it. I think what he's saying here is know what's going on with your money. Make sure you're keeping appropriate records. You ought to know what you own. You ought to know what you owe. You ought to know what you earn. And you ought to know where it goes. Give careful attention to these important things. So if you're feeling strapped today, one of the first things I think we can do, because we don't want to be strapped, because strapped equals stressed, is we need to look at our activity and our accounting when it comes to our finances. How is my activity? How is my accounting? The second thing is, and I think why we get strapped, is we lack a plan. I think most households actually lack a plan. Now, this is different from accounting. Accounting is a procedural. It's a process. We still have to have a plan. Proverbs 21 verse 5 says, the plans of the diligent lead to what? Profit. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. As surely as haste leads to poverty. Planning leads to profit. Profit is the opposite of strapped. You know two things that happen when you don't have a plan, like a consistent plan for your finances? Two things happen. First one, we give in to impulse. We give in to any impulse people here, impulse buyers, impulse money people. We give in to impulse, rushed, unplanned, spur of the moment, impulse buying, comfort shopping, I've made this mistake in my life. I've, I've made it more than once. I've made it more times, honestly, that I can count. I remember Jen and I, we went to Florida. My wife and I, we went to Florida. Uh, it was, I think, in the first five years of our marriage. And we were there, and again, we weren't rolling in money. I would say in some ways we were strapped, but we found a way to get there pretty easily. And when we were there, you know, if you've ever been, they give you all these opportunities to save money, Right? Anybody had those saving money experiences? Come listen to this 45-minute timeshare presentation, right? And you'll just sit through that, and we'll give you $100 off your... your so, so Jen and I, we say, all right, we're going to do it. We had the conversation beforehand. We are not buying anything no matter what happens. Guess what? 
We were the idiots in the middle of the room. They were all clapping at it. Good job. Good. Now, 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 nothing wrong with owning a timeshare, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it was an impulse. And the whole reason we went there was to save money. And guess what? We spent a whole lot more than we saved. But I think if we don't have a plan, and we really don't know what the plan is, and we can't stick to the plan, that's when we create strapped opportunities. You know what else creates strapped opportunities? Emergencies. Emergencies. When it comes to your money, do you have a plan for emergencies? Most people don't. They don't have emergency funds. What is the average American's emergency fund? I said it earlier. It's a credit card, isn't it? The average American's emergency fund is that piece of plastic that they swipe. That's how they handle emergencies. You know the problem with that? Compounding interest is really good. Compounding emergencies is not. Right? Because when you have an emergency, like your car breaks down and you don't have an emergency fund, then what do you do? You create another emergency because you have to figure out how to pay for it. And the strapped becomes more strapped. Proverbs 25 says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Man, the, the imagery of the Proverbs, this is powerful. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. What, what, what happens to a city without walls? It's vulnerable, right? It's defenseless. And when we don't have a plan and when we have no self-control, we're like a defenseless city when it comes to our finances. And we're not prepared for problems. And how many of you know emergencies are always going to happen? It's a fact of life. We just don't know when they will. And we all struggle with debt because sometimes we struggle with laziness. Sometimes we lack a plan. But lastly, I think the Bible says we get strapped sometimes because of a lack of contentment. Many times, debt is not a money issue. It's a heart issue. Many times, money is not the issue. Our heart is the issue. If I had more money, I wouldn't have debt, right? Or maybe you said, if I just made more, I could pay for everything. Let me ask you a question. What's the first thing that we, because I'm including myself in this, what's the first thing we do when we get an increase at our job? We get a nicer house, we get a nicer car, right? We get better clothes. When we get more money, it doesn't mean we necessarily manage it better. We just spend it, and we don't necessarily deal with the heart issue. Because debt is not necessarily a money issue. We lack commitment. We long for more. And there's so many things that we don't have time to go into this morning. There's so many things that can feed into this. Status, worth, value. And we struggle with that in a society that is just absolutely obsessed with more. But listen, debt is usually a byproduct of something more than money. It's a hard issue. 
Sometimes it's a happy issue. Sometimes it's a spiritual issue. Proverbs 27, verse 20, death and destruction are never satisfied and neither are the eyes of man. Having more things will make me happier. Life, liberty, and the purchase of happiness. Our society is built on this. Ecclesiastes 5, those who love money will never have enough. How absurd to think that wealth brings true happiness. I love this verse. The more you have, the more people will come and help you spend it, right? You know, there's always going to be someone there to help you. So what is the advantage of wealth? And I think one of the real dangers in our society with this lack of contentment, which can breed into to greed, is we believe what we possess or what our values are, valuables are, create our value. This is really big in our society. You got to have the right emblem. You got to have the right neighborhood. You got to have the right this, the right that. And in Luke chapter 12, Jesus said these words. Then he said to them, watch out. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Be careful, Jesus said. Be careful the value I'm giving to money and the things that money can buy. Proverbs 1, such is the fate of all who are greedy for gain. It ends up robbing them of life. It ends up robbing them. We're striving for more for so many reasons. And many times it just leads us to strapped. And strapped equals stress. Realize 58% of married men and 66% of married women and 87% of singles list finances as the number one stress in their life. According to the family researcher, think about that. 58% of married men, 66% of married women, and 87% of singles. Money, the single greatest stress. We're strapped. More doesn't always equal happy. More doesn't always equal freedom. Many times more, because we don't manage it correctly, just equals strapped, and strapped equals stressed. One last thing, and we're going to close. Strapped equals something more than stress. Strapped equals something more than stressed. Proverbs 22, verse 7 says, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. You know that word servant there in the Hebrew is a Hebrew word, ebed, and it literally means a slave. Strap doesn't just equal stress. Strap, biblically speaking, 
equals slavery. Strapped is bondage. And from my understanding of the Bible, if strapped equals bondage, then it's definitely a spiritual issue. Because God does not want us to be in bondage in any area of our lives. The only place God wants us to be submitted or subject to anything is to him. God wants us to be able to give all of our allegiance to his will and his purpose in our lives. And when things are out of alignment, when things are not working the way that they should, we begin to veer from that ability to honor him in all things. And I think a good way for us to begin this series is to each of us have a sincere prayer, a sincere commitment. God, I want to surrender my money. I want to surrender my finances to you. I want to serve you, God. I don't want to be a servant of money. And if you're really honest this morning, you just haven't been making money work. You've been making a mess with money. And things are bad. But the good news is the gospel in every way at all times is redemptive. And whatever mess that you've got yourself into financially, if you are willing to submit yourself to financial, biblical, godly principles, God can change that. So if you're strapped, you're stuck, if you're overwhelmed by stress, let today be the beginning piece. Let's stand together as we sing this song. God, we want to honor you. We want to honor you, God, this morning. We want your wisdom, your power, your presence in every area of our lives. God, we want you to have everything and nothing less. We want our money to work in a way that honors you. That's our heart's prayer today, Jesus. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 